So welcome to Travel Chats podcast episode two. You're here with Danielle and Artie again. Basically today we're going to talk with Artie about her trips and travels to Australia and living there. Woo-hoo. Woo! So we're going to have all the ins and outs of what it's like to move there, live there, how to do it. I mean things in the future might look different Mm -hmm. because of like coronavirus and everything that's happening but we're going to talk you through the process of what she did and her experience there which will be really great and amazing because she absolutely loves Australia if you didn't get that from the first episode it's on her bucket (laughs) list um so yeah basically why did you want to move to Australia well I was much younger and I wanted to um I don't know, for, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to live in Australia. And the, my furthest memory goes back to just being in a bookshop and seeing, I think it was a Waterstones, and then seeing a globe on the table. And I remember saying to my dad, like, oh, what's the other side of the world? And I think technically, geologically speaking, I actually don't think it's Australia. <laughs> but um, Australia was there, so he turned around, like, oh, Australia. And I went, I'm going to go there. And he's like, okay, sure you will. I was like, cool but I mean after that I've just always had it in my head and I think it's odd because I never looked I've never looked into I've never looked into what is in Australia I was stuck on the idea that it's on the other side of the world and if I want to go somewhere I can go somewhere Mm. more than I didn't know I did not know what was in Australia I, I didn't realize I didn't know until I got there and I went oh it's not just like red desert land okay and all the <laughs> what lots of animals that can kill you all the animals I mean I'm one of those people that I don't think about it until I'm in the middle of doing it so mm. you know how you'll get staged like people get staged fright they don't want to go up on stage I'm the person that will go up on stage I'll start doing a thing and then midway through I'll just go silent and be like uh what am I doing up here and I start making jokes at myself that was basically my first month in Australia I was like what what oh this thing oh this animal oh, bats you know who knew there were bats in Australia yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I mean in terms of the animals though like did that put you off at all um was you yeah. worried because I know there's a lot of people I've been talking to recently as well that or even before, I'd never go, they're like, I'd never go to Australia because of all the animals that can kill you, the spiders, forget about the spiders. But what was your experience like with that? I mean, you can also not cross the road because you're going to get hit by a car. Facts. <laughs> mic drop. No. <laughs> I won't drop this mic, it's very fancy. It's expensive. It's Please expensive. don't. <laughs> no, I, the spiders never put me off. The spiders were never... I'm saying spiders because they are some of the deadliest um, in Australia and I have had very close calls with redbacks and whitetails. Is it a whitetail? Yeah, Yeah. it's a whitetail. I'm terrified of whitetails. That's the one that can like burn acid into your skin or something. I can't remember, but they paralyze you and you can, like they paralyze you and the amount of time, well, we can touch on this in a bit, but when I worked at the farm, amount of times I've woke up like just laying on the couch just having a nap woke up and there's a white tail right next to my head it happened to me three times and I'm never I'm not someone who's scared of spiders here I just see a spider I'll sort it out take it outside sometimes potentially kill it but um (gasps) I know but I try and take it outside as much as I can 
I mean, this is just Artie's experience with spiders though. I literally, I was in Australia as well and I only saw two white tails and they weren't anywhere near my head. So for anybody who's scared of spiders at the moment, it's not that deep. It's not, it's, and that's a farm by the way. I never, so in the, in the built up areas in the CBD, really saw CBD as a central business district. So like, for example, you say I'm going into central London, I'm going into London, I'm going to central in Melbourne or in any, Australian city, the CBD is just saying I'm going to the central part. So I'm just going to put that out of the way because I say CBD a lot. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, what about the um, Sydney, is it the Sydney funnelweb spider? Oh, yeah. That I never even heard of. And it's like the deadliest spider ever, but I'm pretty I, sure I like, you recall. never see them. I, kn- I know, I when I went to the Melbourne Botanical Gardens, and I think even in the Sydney Botanical Gardens, um, they're spider webs. Oh my god, they are a thing of beauty. Like the golden orb spider. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. don't. I mean, don't shoot me because I'm. I might not be saying their names properly, but the golden orb spider and these massive webs, and it was gorgeous. Also, you don't want to walk through that. But having touched upon all the things, this is the most you'll ever kind of get. As like, this is the closest you'll get to a spider is being in a botanical garden, specifically going to see the webs, maybe, mm. or doing your farm work and. There's no, there's mess, no messing around. You're gonna see spiders if you're in regional Victoria or regional um, Australia. I'm pretty sure some Australians like to tell stories as well to scare people from coming there. Have you I'm heard s- about the drop bear? Yeah, I've heard about the drop bear, but don't tell everybody about the drop bear on this podcast. Does that? It'll put them off, won't it? Yeah. It will put. Okay, I won't. That's I won't, naughty. I won't. We'll but, not, we won't talk about that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah if you guys know about the drop bear you know if you don't well you'll find Google out soon. It. um <laughs> and then come comment <laughs> um uh, i was talking to i don't think it was you i was talking to recently it might have been somebody else and they were talking about um the like the huntsman spider or oh, a different yeah. spider and somebody told her that this spider eats cats what? and i was like i don't know if that's real or <laughs> no. if that's just something that an no. australian has told you so she's like yeah there's a spider that eats cats so i don't want to go no but huntsman eats other spiders so uh. you want it in you don't want it in your house but if you're i guess if you're in a regional area you do want it in your house yeah because well, it, will eat, it will eat all the ones that are going to bite you and like do stuff because just because they're small doesn't mean they're not deadly yeah as but we can tell the um huntsman's are not deadly at all they're massive they're, they're massive. huge they're but they're just like little teddy bears you know they'll eat all your bugs <laughs> for you they they can be a little pet like a tarantula yeah. yeah they look they don't look cute at all but hey <laughs> i think i've only saw i saw like two of them so mm. i didn't see that so spider stuff you don't really see that many like arty said in the city there's there's hardly any you just have to be careful like don't leave your clothes on the floor and yeah. make sure you're always checking your shoes when but... you go to the toilet check the toilet bar before you sit down did I do that? Maybe. I did it in, in 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 regional Victoria. I didn't do it all the time living in um Melbourne. Yeah. But if ever I was on a trip, mate, I mate, I looked in the toilet bowl every time. Did you was you checking to see if the water flushed the other way as well? <laughs> I also didn't check. I can't remember. I think it did. I think it did. I think when I was staying, um, the water does not flush the other way. I think it does. I can't remember. It reminds me of that Simpsons Simpsons episode when they talk about it. (laughs) I think they're in Japan. They're flushing the toilet anyway. (laughs) I mean, who even knows? 
all goes to the same place anyway yeah. but okay so yeah that's we completely sidetracked onto spiders animals but um yeah i mean just go, like like i said you barely see the animals anyway um and we went to um when you were there and we went to the hillsville our friends we have a mutual friend hannah we went to hillsville sanctuary and hannah took us there and that was gorgeous because i know it wasn't wildlife um but you you did get to see them in the natural habitats and we saw dingoes we saw kangaroos kangaroos, was it kangaroos wallabies, or wallabies kangaroos i got wallabies. to see a koala bear and yeah, i learned so much about koalas koala. bear and we made a pledge you make a pledge at the hillsville sanctuary i don't know if you made it but it's i made it for the future where i said when i can i will sustain i will sustainably buy my toilet well and wipe my ass with eco-friendly toilet paper to not affect the koalas breeding out ground basically how's that been going for you why well, i said i made the pledge for the future the future is now so maybe from next month i can start yeah. <laughs> but i did make the pledge i don't think he did which is great because um koala moms actually feed their babies their own feces don't they so that they can Ew, become they? immune to eucalyptus because they <gasps> eat eucalyptus but it's yeah. poisonous so they have to mm. eat the feces from the mom to make sure that, that they that. yeah because that. i thought it was really interesting it it's interesting. gross it's but it's disgusting. really interesting <laughs> because obviously they have to build up immunity to it mm -hmm. so they eat that first and then they can eat the eucalyptus which that is that is crazy what's what was the first wild Australian animal you saw? A dead, um, <laughs> does it count if it's dead? Well, what's the one on the side of the road where it's normally flipped over and it's boated? Did we both watch it, a dead wombat? Yeah, wombat. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah. That was mine too. It's sad. Yeah, it's literally the first wild animal, a dead wombat, roadkill. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of roadkill there. It's sad. It's, but the thing is, like a tip, if you are in Australia that Australians gave me, when you're driving, and you're about to hit an animal, speed up. Because what's gonna happen is, if you, mainly like a kangaroo, because if you speed up, that kangaroo could potentially get on a bonnet and roll over. But if you try and break and they come through the windshield, mate, they, they're scared. This is so morbid. You're Sorry. like looking dead in my eyes right now on the most serious <laughs> face ever. Like, it's true. Like you run that animal over. Oh well, my you do, God. you do. I am, um, I'm, I... We are pro-animals, by the way. Yeah, definitely love animals. I potentially, I mean, I am so sorry for all the vegans. I have eaten a kangaroo. Like I've tried kangaroo burgers when I was there. And Was like, it good though? Yeah, it was tasty. <laughs> sorry. And I tried um, in my last my last day there i made my friend becky we went to saint moritz on ackland street in saint kilda in melbourne and um they had i got kangaroo but i didn't expect this but it was as if it was parma ham and it was on i'm just gonna yeah it was really good it was on crackers and it was tasty anyway i, I didn't actually try it i didn't think when i was there i, think I wanted you to but it. i didn't try it i think you would have liked it maybe mm. well like like we said before as my nan says always leave something to go back for right yeah so exactly but i did say i wasn't going back to australia for five years i thought what am i like two years in already oh i mean years. you've got restricted travel at the moment anyway which is fine i am so sorry i love everyone yeah. in victoria i love you all yeah don't lock down yeah hardcore anyway <laughs> um I mean, animals so but look there's so many gorgeous animals 
in Australia. But it's good to get it out of the way because the thing is, when you're, when you're in England, we're just used to seeing like cats, dogs, the rare deer, the rare yeah. deer, you know? And well, that's the thing in in the UK, the deadliest like animals and insects that you have here is not one thing is a bee or bee. like a what, wasp essentially because yeah, wasps I remember never googling die. it and it was yeah, a wasp. <laughs> um, was it then a rabbit dog like a a, a dog. dog yeah, and then a, like a cow yeah. <laughs> like... Oh cows! Oh cows are deadly. Oh, they just stay you down as well. Have you ever been in a field full of cows? Just oh, I'm like sorry, I'm nodding there. Um, yeah, in Oz, on the farm. In o- Australian cows. Yeah, are Australian they even more cow- dangerous then because yes. they're from yes, Australia? Oh, they're evil. I had um, so when I when I lived on the farm, it was a dog I was absolutely in love with, Marvel. Hi, Marvel, if you're listening. <laughs> so Marvel was gorgeous, um, and she one i was hanging out with her one time and i let her off the lead she used to kind of tease the cows in the field over mm. and one day she just went into the field and was teasing them so much and they 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 were getting angry then they heard it's the word herded up like they they heard they got together as i was actually on the phone facetiming my nephew at the time i was facetiming devon and then all of a sudden i look and these cows are in a single file charging at marvel and i'm just there going marvel marvel like get back here um and my nephew's like what's happening what's happening go, you don't understand i've got to go i've got to go and i was like what do i do do i run but i can't run i can't leave her it was crazy and since then i cows i don't trust them but i used to in india i used to talk to a cow but other than that like on my trip i was <laughs> No, long story. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've just learned something new about you. You're the cow whisperer. <laughs> but um, in, in Oz, no way that's put me off cows. So, nah. Yeah, because one of the... Um, you can go to a cow farm, right? And you have to like... What, what do you do? Like milk them and dairy stuff. Farms. And, yeah, dairy yeah. farms. And they, so, they get so much press these days. Did not Keshvi go there? Yeah, we're, Kesho, we're talk, we'll get Keshvi on here to Yeah, talk we will about get Keshvi on but, here. Um, She's in Canada at the moment. But um, yeah, when she did her regional work, she was in a dairy farm. And that was, I mean, it'd be so good to ask her about that because I kind of remember what she said. She enjoyed it. But I think there's so much, there's so many technicalities to all the different kind of farm work. So I can't even start to talk about what she must have done on hers. But she's dealing with animals. I, I did... Um, I, I dealt with broccoli <laughs> so I mean e- each to their own but I don't I I don't know if I would have enjoyed it in the cows because like <laughs> I feel like only me and you are gonna get that joke <laughs> yeah because yeah, there, there's different types of farm work isn't there but I mean we could touch a bit more on that when yeah. we get into why people need to do farm work and stay yeah. there but um so what Talk us through the process. How did you get to Australia? Like, what did you do? What research did you do? How did you decide? Like, because you were mainly based in Melbourne, right? Yeah. How did you decide that you were going to go to Melbourne? Just talk us through the process. So, first things first, my sister and brother-in-law, niece and nephew, all moved there mm-hmm. years before I went. Um, they weren't there when I went there, but they were there for a year, two years, I think. Or one year, two years. And when they were there... Um, 
obviously they got to have an experience. So I, I said to my brother-in-law, I said, oh, I'm going to move to Sydney. Sydney's it. My sister was convincing me Sydney because she used to be cabin crew for British Airways. They land in Sydney. She's like, yeah, yeah, go to Sydney, go to Sydney. I can see you once in the blue moon. Um, and I was, I had some alone time with him and he said, do you know what? You're going to prefer Melbourne. And I was like, why? He goes, it's just, Melbourne will suit your personality. And I said, okay. And then suburb wise, and he goes, he, I think he mentioned St Kilda and then I did some research I was googling best suburbs in Melbourne and St Kilda was at the top and this is best travel suburb I'm not saying by any means that it is the best suburb to stay in if you're an Australian you're probably gonna hate it um I loved it I love St Kilda but it was just from researching online and then because we because I was also researching at the same time for- yeah I think because you were I was looking at Melbourne at first and you were looking at Sydney I remember now mm-hmm. and then I, I was like know. yeah I was like oh yeah I'm gonna go to Melbourne and you're like oh I'm thinking more Sydney and then you were like oh I think I'm gonna go to Melbourne and I was like oh actually I think I quite like to go to Sydney <laughs> but then we both just ended up in Melbourne anyway yeah because that's what happened that's but I I actually think that I would have preferred Sydney I mm. think Sydney was definitely more me and like Melbourne is a very you kind of place mm-hmm. and because what's the thing that people used to say that Melbourne's quite like got a bit more of like a European feel. Well, it does, stuff. yeah. So Melbourne has incredible architecture, and they Melbourne Melbourne has quarters, which I didn't realize or understand until my second year mm. in Australia. Because I earned that second year. <laughs> my second year in Australia, um, it has your quarters. So it's got the Italian quarter, the Greek quarter, um, and in all these places the architecture is a little bit different as well. Mm-hmm. Just because I guess potentially in the whole of Australia, maybe because it's just a city, there's like a man, it's a man-made country in terms of buildings, obviously like most countries, <laughs> but it's just the, one of the youngest countries. Is mm-hmm. it the youngest country that was ever founded potentially? What do you mean founded so, Founded by us? Founded by um, Europeans. Mm. Found. But it was already a country before any European got there. Um, with people there already. But um sorry, I yeah, totally went I mean, point. I mean we did we did learn about that though. They do have quite a lot of history there. Um But yeah, so the, the architecture that there was great. But no, so my planning to go there, what I did was I obviously am easily swayed and so when my brother in law said he basically compared Sydney to London and I went, haha okay well I'm not gonna go there <laughs> I'm from London so I went to Melbourne instead um but what I did I booked my visa before I saved any money now when you book your visa it's how much did it cost back then about 120 200 I thought it was about 200 pounds 200 about 200 pounds um if you're just traveling and you want to go there for three months it's free mm. you can go to Australia if you're from the UK for three months yeah but, but of course you can check on like the government website and always check on yeah. the the government website of the place that you're going to as well they'll have more information at the moment and details. i can i can tell you for a fact it says restricted travel area <laughs> but yeah always check for updated everything but when i applied so you apply for your um visa my visa was the oh my god what was it and Two- did you did you apply online as well? I applied online. So it's the working holiday visa. I can't remember the classificate. The, the subclass. Numbers. Yeah. 
two one something um and that allows you to be in the country for one year from the date that you enter but it's valid for a year you get a year to enter the country mm-hmm. and then when you enter you get a year to stay there yeah so basically when you when you you can enter within the year that you've applied mm-hmm. for the visa and then once you enter then you stay there for the whole yeah then your the year, year starts that's when your year country. starts yeah and um when we were there i really and that's what i'm on about um when i when i applied for my visa it happened i actually didn't happen as quickly for me as it did for other people i had to wait a whole day um, but a lot of people got it in a few seconds i now. had to wait like 15 minutes i remember i did it at your house because yeah. you did it and then you were like mine didn't come uh, through and so i was did. like oh help me do mine and then yeah. you was like yeah you just do it like this it takes like 15 minutes and people say that you have to have a certain amount of money in your bank account now, i'm not going to say whether i had that money or not but i never got checked um but don't take risks but i never got checked but you are meant to have a certain it's amount and the reason why they I can't remember. I think it's about like six or something. The reason why they want you to have so much is that they want to know that you can sustain yourself and be able to afford a flight home Mm -hmm. if you can't sustain yourself there. So that's why they tell you to have it. But they they say as well, you can like, you know, use the bank of mum and dad if you have my mum and dad to help you out. They have to come to Australia to get you. Yeah, or (laughs) like, you know, if people are going to check, just send over a couple of grand for me and then send it back. Yeah. Um, it was fine, border control was fine, went straight through, nothing happened. But so I, I booked my visa and then I started saving. I didn't start saving. So I always knew I wanted to go. I always, in my head was like, right, when I planned it, I was like, right, you're gonna go then. I just, could, I just didn't save. This is just for me and my experience. I just didn't save any money until I booked my visa, a, probably about a year beforehand. And oh no, I think it was about six months beforehand, and then I started saving. Yeah, because I knew I was like, well, now you don't have a choice because you're not going to be able to do this again. You have to go to the country. Mm. You have to have your money. And um, then when you got your visa, so like, did you go a couple of months later? Did you wait a whole year? I waited about six months. Six months. And then I, if I, if I'm, ah, uh, do you know what? No, I feel like we did it around Christmas time, like winter. We did it around winter, our UK winter. And then I went that, I think we did it in January or February. And then I like, yeah, I went February, that year in September. And then you went in September. Yeah, that was your I plan. went on the 22nd of September. Mm-hmm. 2017. <laughs> or was it 2016? 2017, 20, yeah. No, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you got there in September and I got there in October. Yeah, you were there for Halloween yeah i know that i do know that um so no i didn't i didn't have much time to save but i i did save quite a bit because you're then focused and you're like what well, i need i mean i say i save quite a bit i save nothing compared to my backpacking counterparts i saved about two grand and i ran out of it in six weeks I have people there that I know save 10 grand 15 grand but i am a true example of living on dirt cheap <laughs> on a dirt cheap life basically um yeah you yeah. can't you don't you do need money if you're not going to get a job straight away you need money yeah because be it, it's expensive there as well if you don't work there yes yeah. it's, it's really expensive it's kind of like london people, prices and i forget 
Because when people say Australia's expensive, I'm like, no, it's not. I forget the first six weeks of my existence in Australia. Yeah. Because it's not. When you start earning Australian dollar and you've got a full-time job, you are... So like London, you get paid, in my opinion, below the, the price of living. In Australia, the price of living might be higher, but you get paid more than that. Mm. If you're kind of working full-time. Yeah. Because how was your um, first six weeks? my first six weeks i mean they were brilliant so the day i got there i think i think we touched upon it last time but my first hour i was a bit like oh my god what am i doing it was chucking it down it was raining it was crazy and then within two hours i already met some of the people in the room i was staying in so i met mike becca graham kerry and then later it was like johan alex and i I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. But just in this room, we're in the hostel room. I lived, yeah. I stayed in, I say I lived. Um, I lived in Habitat HQ, which isn't mm-hmm. there anymore. Um, I stayed in Habitat and I constantly went back to Habitat. But yeah, that first experience, I quickly got to know mates. But there's a difference. You notice you're a bit more naive back then. You're like, la, 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 la. And then so much different to post-farm work in your second year you know what the deal is you know you've worked hard for your second year but yeah your first first six weeks were a lot of fun then he started dwindling down I wasn't I couldn't get a job mm-hmm. and that's not from a lack of having skills I've had so many jobs I just wasn't getting any interviews nothing was happening yeah um and I got I guess I got lucky in a way like my I was on I moved into an apartment mm-hmm. and I we didn't have the money I luckily had a credit card which actually I, I cancelled the minute I got a job. I cancelled my credit card. I was yeah. like, I don't need you now. But I did have a credit card. So I was trying to use it to pay for stuff. But mm-hmm. then you've got to pay rent. I was like, crap, I've got to pay rent um, in two weeks' time. I don't have the money for rent. And so a friend of mine was cycling past a store called um, Brava Lingerie in Peran. Mm-hmm. And Brava, one of my favourite workplaces, um, I've worked in that type of store before. And so she, I mentioned it to her and she rode past and said, oh, there's this store, but it looks like the same thing, the same thing that used to work in London. So I went in, so I went inside and I basically tried to sell myself, but I think the girl, so it was Katie and um, one of the managers. And I was like, right, I know all your brands. I know all the brands, lingerie store, used to work in lingerie. I know all the brands. I literally knew 90% of the brands. The other 10, which are bloody brilliant, um, and we don't stock them in the UK, um, I didn't know. And I was like, I know all of them. And luckily for me, well, not luckily, and I don't think it's favoritism, but Lynn, the owner, is originally from the UK. And so when she interviewed me, I was trying to, I was like, bringing it all into the conversation. I was like, London, England, da 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 please hire me um and she did she she wasn't recruiting but she hired me and that was the start of a very beautiful working relationship with everyone there but um it changed because the minute I got hired Australia does this beautiful thing by the way because I know I said I had to pay rent in two weeks time you get paid weekly and so the minute I got paid I could make my rent and so much more I could make my rent I could get my grocery shop I could go out and have a good time yeah so straight away that's brilliant yeah because we've had conversations about that before isn't it like getting paid weekly or monthly and I think I think at first I disagreed with you but then from working in America and they get paid every two weeks I think you can definitely 
manage your money better than like if you're getting paid monthly because if you get paid monthly you get like woo i've got paid at the beginning of the month and then you spend all your money and then towards the end of the month you're like all my money's gone where like you said if you're weekly it's coming in every week so you can like i just feel like you budget better and because you have that you know that money's coming in it's just it's a steady flow of money all Mm -hmm. the time instead of like one lump sum i think it's healthier because you have a steady flow then like your relationship and money I my relationship with money was so much better. I never felt a lack of money. And mm. I think that's really important. I felt a lack of money the day I landed back in England. Mm. Um, but I did not feel a lack of money. After those first six weeks, like I said, it is expensive if you're not working there. If you want to travel before you start like working, and you know, you've got to be careful because on your first year visa, you can only work for six months in one company, six months in another company. But um, yeah, so you've got you've to be careful um, about the time and how you spend it. But a good way to do it was if you did save quite a bit, you could just travel for the first six months and then work for another company. Or you could go do your farm work, do some traveling. Have, I don't know, there's so many ways to do it, but just always having that backup money, which I didn't have, and which was very stressful. I think it is important if I was gonna do it again, I would try and save that a little bit more. Just, mm. just it's good, or just have some money back home that you can be sent over for emergencies. Um, but there's hardly it's really hard to get a job before you move there on a working holiday visa yeah you think so in Melbourne specifically or just I think the whole of Australia unless you're I mean even if you're a tradie so tradie um, labourers so even if you're a tradesman um, or woman and you go there it's easier I think to get a job as a tradie Mm. but you still have to be there to get a white card and do all these extra things and um, to get this and then you still have to be there to get your RSA if you want to work in hospitality you have to have a certificate to be able to work at a bar and you've got to do a quick mini course and um, pay like 50, 50 bucks and you get your RSA didn't you do one of those before you went no I did it I I did that when I got there okay I I, I managed to sort out my bank account before I went there which is really not something they offer all the time. So I love you, NAB, which is their bank. <laughs> but yeah, I got to sort that out before, so I felt a bit smug. But other than that, um, no. Is that normal though, or do people normally sort their bank out when they when they get there? You sort your bank out when you get there. Um, you sort out if you want to work, you have to apply for a TFN, which mm-hmm. is just like your. Um, I was just about to say my national insurance number, um, which is like your national insurance number. That wouldn't have gone down well. Um, yeah, so it's just your national insurance number. Okay. But um, yeah, I think there's there's loads of, it. it's all a lot of, I think the good thing about Australia is that you just have to get there. Hmm. And then you're just in the, in the mix and you have to just get on with it and do all these things in your first two weeks. Like get, like, you know, get your bank account, get your TFN. If you want to be a tradie, get that. If you want to work in hospitality, get your RSA and things like that. Like you, but you have to do these things when you're in the country. Yeah. Um. And so it means there's less faffing about before, and there's less like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. It's more just tying loose ends <laughs> at home before yeah. you leave. I mean, well, that's one way to go because that's the way that you did it. Yeah, you were very you did it much like, yeah, yeah you're very yeah. much like, oh, I'm just gonna go and figure out when I get there. And I was like, well, I don't travel like that. Well, the thing is, like I said to you, I don't know what it was. 
because when people ask me why Australia and I give my answer I'm like wait a second I don't know anything about Australia other than reading the book Down Under by Bill Bryson that my sister gifted me the day before I left I was reading it on the plane like oh Australia sounds amazing I'm about to get there whereas you you did go you went a completely different route to me so you but you did the other so obviously I went down the traditional kind of um get there and see how it goes you went the other traditional the old yours is more traditional the route you took because that was the old school route where back in the day the skills list wasn't as big mm-hmm. and people couldn't just go over and so um yeah do you want to touch upon like yeah how you got um, there? <laughs> i mean well i decided to au pair but that's because my child care my child care my background <laughs> is child care um so that's what i've done for majority of my, well eight years of my working history um and also i guess i'm a bit more of an anxious person so i get quite anxious yeah and i was like oh like i and i'm quite what's the word i like to pre-plan things in mm. a way not too much but i like to know what i'm doing when i go somewhere so it's very much like going through a company I felt more comfortable doing that because I got to, so like you said, you got there and then you planned everything, but everything was planned for me or before I got there. The only thing I had to do was set up my bank account when yeah. I got there. But then because I went through a company, they also just like walked us through that and helped yeah. us do that as well. And then they got training when I got there. I stayed in a hostel in Sydney for like four nights, three or four nights, which I think was probably my best time in all of Australia, to be honest. Um, no. We did things together. <laughs> yeah, but the beginning part was probably my favourite part, yeah. and then it just went mostly downhill from there. Um, but that's, that's another story. That's a whole story. other can of worms. You know, yeah, that's another story. Um, yeah, but I went the au pair route. And yeah. I think you can go if you don't have any experience as well. What I will say is just research your company wisely. Yeah definitely research whose phone's that (laughs) phone whose phone is it hello opportunity calling it's my um au pair company saying (laughs) being like why did you not drop our name in is there something you wanted to say to us um but yeah do research on the company make sure you read the reviews um but also like everybody has different experiences so there there's a girl that went with the same company as me she had an amazing time completely different experience to me where I just had like an awful awful time I found for me the company was horrific but again I think it's about the family that you match with as well and you just have to make sure like listen to your gut like if you're not sure about but it's it's hard to know as well when you're having Skype conversations with people and everybody's like first impressions they come across as like really well yeah yeah and even the family they sell themselves and they're like oh yeah everything's gonna be great and then you get there and they just want to slave it's like online dating yeah basically um like yeah so i know your your experience i mean I, it upset me watching you go through that experience and then but i think it's important <laughs> that we cover both and then yeah not going back for five years that's why i'm not going back for five years because i had yeah. a really shitty experience there. i i mean i just wish i could i think i just wish that I could have just like put you in my hostel yeah. and I like, just got you a job doing some random chill thing and it would just been the ultimate backpacker life. <laughs> Not yeah. even backpacker life, the ultimate Australian dream. 
Well, I was going because obviously I think for me it was different because my background was childcare as mm. well. The reason why I decided to au pair was because that was what I was experiencing. Yeah. But also what they don't tell you in Australia is they don't recognize any of your qualifications either. So I'm MVQ yeah. level three qualified in childcare and they don't recognize my qualifications. So once I'd finished au pairing, which only lasted, what, a couple of weeks, if that, I can't even remember. It was it wasn't a long. time where I erased oh, it from a, my memory. One day, um, maybe one day she might share the story with you guys of what happened. Um, don't know if that's going to be today. It's still oh, traumatic. I know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> 24 years of age and a woman's putting their hand in your face telling you to go to their room. Were you 24? Yeah. No. She told me to go to my room. I know. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. Especially when it's not even like, I mean, your parents don't even speak to you like that. Like, no, parents are sending my room at 24 years old. Go to your room, <laughs> living in your house. Rude. Um, no, it's just like, yeah, like just be careful with the people yeah. that you're choosing. But I, I really struggled after that as well to find a job um, because of my experience. So I don't really have like hospitality skills. I'd never yeah. worked in retail. All I'd done was childcare, didn't recognize my qualification. So trying to find a job, um, all the job listings were like, oh, you need to have a year experience in things. Mm. I didn't have a year experience. Um, Is, I think the job part, if you have experience in hospitality, I do, I did not want to work in hospitality. Hands down, everyone who works in hospitality is an absolute like, I don't know how they do it. They are brilliant to be able to do it. Like there's so much that goes into hospitality, it's crazy and especially in Melbourne, it's thriving. Mm. Um, it's thriving in the whole of Australia. So if you work in hospitality, actually, you've got an easier chance to get a job than if you're coming from more of like a office background or even like a background where you need qualifications. Then it's a lot, I think it's a lot different. So it, make, it makes sense. Um, I got offered a hospitality job twice and I didn't take, I walked out of a trial at, from a restaurant I actually like and then another one was a massive bar where the music was so loud that when I went for the interview my ears hurt and I'm deaf in one ear so I'm like I've got single-sided deafness basically and so I was like nah I can't do this it's like I can't yeah I can't do it but it is you know it is tough to get work out there if you're not in hospitality in my opinion Hmm. I think and again if you're not as yeah and as confident like I'm a bit more or, or I, I used to be quite shy so I wasn't the sort of person that's mm. going to go in and like drop my CV in and stuff like that be like it, you need to hire me now yeah not, not like you like roll up there and be like I know your whole brand and I just I remember sell yourself. Just, I just started saying stuff I was like oh this brand this, this bra fits like this and this bra fits like that <laughs> yeah but I mean eventually like it's not all all bad guys like I did find a job um, I did do childcare for a company I'm not going to name the company but um yeah, even that was horrific. I used to travel to work, <laughs> didn't I? I used to. Hey, you got to see some crazy places. I did get to see them. Yeah. So I traveled oh my most God. of Victoria. Is it a round trip of four hours? No. Hours so I used to day. travel two hours. So round trip. So be two hours there, two hours back. So eight hours because I did that twice in a day. Oh my God. I used to, oh I yeah, used to travel for eight, eight hours because oh I used to do breakfast club in the morning and mm. then I used to do after school club in the afternoon so it used to take me two hours to get there to work two hours to come back two hours because i wouldn't stay there because i'd need to stay there for like 
what breakfast club finished at eight and I didn't need to be back there till three. So I used to come back for two hours to Chelsea Heights where I was living with the amazing family that took me in. And um, yeah, and then go back two hours to work for like three hours to then come back. Australia's big in case anyone was wondering why the hell it's been taken a two hours yeah i mean melbourne's big in general though because yeah. they don't really have like lines we've had this conversation before about how you know you've got london and then you've got greater london yeah the lines kind of like get blurred with how big melbourne actually is like it's huge and also mm-hmm. transport is is okay but again like i think we're really spoiled in london because we have really good we transport system transport. We might complain that our train is like five minutes late but at least our train's coming. <laughs> True. Um, well, yeah, in, in Melbourne, you don't really know. And then you have the buses and stuff. And, and delays and yeah. Yeah, and like, cause everything is so big. It takes ages I do love the trams together. in Melbourne. I the think trams. the trams are brilliant. Although some people, I mean, I say this, it depends where you're coming from. I know friends who hate getting the tram. I love the trams. Yeah, but that's cause it's different, isn't it? So. Yeah. Little tap in tram service. Um, but yeah, though, I mean, I think you you learn a lot i think i definitely learned a lot from my experience there um would i do it again probably not but <laughs> like i'd probably do it differently maybe but i i can't take away from how it helped me grow as a person because yeah. the reason why i wanted to go to australia was to gain independence and confidence and well by damn yeah did I fucking get that? <laughs> yeah. So I learned a lot about myself. I only stuck it out for like seven months. I think but... it was hard as well. Cause I think you have to go with the expectation. Like you're not going, if you're going on a working holiday visa and you're going to Australia, you're not going there on a full-time holiday. You're not just traveling all the time. You're actually working there. And I think it's that acknowledging that actually you're going to be there working Mm. and it's like kind of settling root you're not settling roots but you are for some time you're going to be staying in places for longer than you would have in previous travels going on holidays or long trips and you know it's it's a bit different i think i was more prepared because i lived in italy already and i was like well i'm and in my head i was i was going to just stay in one place i stuck by that i think as much as i could i was like i'm staying in one place and staying in melbourne no and I think you did I think you set yourself up for success in that way where because you always said that that you were going to live there yeah and that you had it in your head that you were living there and that's what you were going to be doing so in essence like you did that you moved yeah. there you fully moved there you brought what three suitcases with well maybe two and brought three <laughs> oh back. my god wait but... throw me under the bus yeah um, yeah <laughs> the suitcase yeah. one backpack yeah but so in the end, you found you found work and you're working for Brava, which was really great. Um, so then, I mean, going from that, you briefly touched on your experience of, of like single-sided deafness and working in the hospital. Mm. Aren't you write, writing a book about that at the moment? Yeah, I am. So, yeah, good point. <laughs> I am. So my book's based in Melbourne. The character at the moment does have single-sided deafness. It's not like a main part of the book, but it is, you know, I'm just trying to have a, main character who has this and it's not the main part of a book because I'm trying to make it as natural like it like it's it can be normal I'm sure there are other people out there with single-sided deafness technically what I have is termed something different but the main character in my book has that um and it just talks the book itself is about Melbourne based in Melbourne because of how much I loved it I just loved it so much so it's got a few of my favorite spots it's got um the Dandenong ranges where we went together 
on our trip our road where trip. we didn't plan the we went on this road trip without having anywhere to stay <laughs> and it wasn't, it a, wasn't road a road trip, trip. because we, we didn't even drive oh, we took, we the, took train the bus and tram the bus. train bus everything every like we we took all the modes of transport walked <laughs> but um yeah the book's pretty cool it's it's making me when i write it i feel like i'm going back in time and i am trying to you know i really hope someone reads it and gets my love for melbourne and i really want someone to read that and go oh my god australia is incredible even though it's got its tough times and you know it's it's still um a western country so mm. you're not gonna have the even though it's uncomfortable and it might be strange if you speak english as your first language it is going to be so much easier for you like yeah. it's 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 still western country like stuff's still the same it's not like i moved to vietnam or anything but yeah. um yeah so the, the books books exciting but the dandenongs are fun dandenongs no. were fun they were fun yeah went to the 1000 step four we went to a random sanctuary was it not a sanctuary they had these weird carvings wasn't that trees. with the thousand steps yeah it was near the thousand steps i do know what it's called but i can't i don't know what it's called it's not written down somewhere um but um i mean cool. i can't remember what it was called yeah that was cool but yeah because because obviously you're a writer and you're a travel writer as well didn't you launch a book when you were out there you had a whole book I, launch <laughs> and everything because we were briefly I, talking about this the other day as well yeah no, so you still doing like obviously your side hustle and yeah. working there as well yeah side hustle is always happening it's been happening for years so yeah i did um i i launched my book when i was there the book i wrote when i was living in italy <laughs> um i launched it while i was in australia i had to move out so i was living at the hostel and I actually had to move into my friend's house for those few weeks because i was like right i can't concentrate in the hostel i need to live with my friends um Becky, who was always pitting me up. And same with, like, Katie. Australians are really generous, by the way. Really mm. generous. Um, yeah, so I was... I launched um, my book. But the day of my book launch, it was, like, a thunderstorm. And Melbourne... I mean, Melbourne's four seasons in one day. So you can have sunny, you can have hail, you can have rain, it could be humid. Like, everything happens to you in one day. You don't know whether to take out sunscreen or your flip-flops and sunscreen or like an umbrella and a hoodie like you don't know what to take with you but on this day it was chucking it down and a few of my aussie friends were going oh like will people come will people come mate the entire place was packed because most of my friends are backpackers and a lot of them are from europe like the weather's not going to put you off you don't want to be sitting at home in your hostel being bored so everyone was there also i mean i say that but i also like to think they were there because they were supporting me but um it was it was really good we went i hired out some space in lucky cock but um it's a place on chapel street in in uh melbourne obviously um chapel street's a very european star street as well i think yeah, yeah it's down it's in chapel street and we i don't know it was great i had to do a speech and everything we had my bosses at the time at brava um put some money behind the bar and they were like so it was kind of an open bar for everyone on my everyone at the launch Although the rest of the um, establishment was continuing as normal, basically it was a club as well. <laughs> and there was just people dancing around us. It was, it was not a traditional book launch, but I do think it may just be one of my favourites so far, obviously, because I've never had another one. Well, your next I didn't one. have one. I didn't have a one. I did not have a book launch for my first book. And my next book launch for my next book, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot more traditional. We're not going to have an epic one. 
Oh, I will with my friends. That's gonna be like a, that's gonna be a side. That'll be a, that'll be a different one. That'll be a one that's not videoed <laughs> at all. But um, I had a lot of, took a lot of Dutch courage that day. Basically, I think I started having, and I don't um, drink often. Mm. I don't drink that much often. And um, I started drinking about 12. I don't like doing speeches. I don't like talking to crowds. Hi, everyone. Um, I just don't. And so and I find it worse when you're talking to your friends. But everyone was there. Everyone was supportive. It was actually quite nice. Um, I think I'm one of the first people that left because when you're drinking for midday. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. But this, this book that I'm writing, I'm really excited about. I'm always yeah. excited when I'm writing them though. But yeah, yeah I just really can't wait for people it. to experience uh, Melbourne, how I experienced it. Cause obviously I loved it. I think it's incredible. I try to put loads of, cause there's loads of things to do. It's not just Melbourne, there's loads of things to do in Victoria. And so I've did so many different things that that's how I got, that's how it's easy to just stay there. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people would travel around Australia. I just lived in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I travelled once but I live in Melbourne but you did travel though so you travelled once where did you travel to? well within Australia I went to um, tropical north Queensland mm. which is north obviously um, and then there you've got the Daintree Rainforest you've got the Great Barrier Reef you've got um, like Cairns Port Douglas you've got all these places which are part of uh, if you're going to do a trip up the east coast it's kind of I guess where you're going to end on an east coast trip but I went there with my friend Becky she took me I actually just released like a exclusive view of the itinerary she wrote, but Becky's the queen of itineraries. I wish I could be as organized as her and I saying something because I'm very organized. Um, she, you know, I'm lucky that I had Australian friends because of my job, like, and I said they're so generous, mm. but um, we went around. She forced me into this trip because I realized I, I was supposed to stay there, didn't get sponsored, long story. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Didn't get sponsored. And she's like, right, you can't leave Australia without seeing something other than this state. Mm. Like, you have to. So she kind of forced it in. And I obviously went along willingly. It was an amazing trip. It was one of my favourite trips. It was crazy. Yeah, no, it, was, it sounds crazy. And Australia's incredible and every state's different. So Queensland was nothing like Victoria. Mm. It's, it's so different. Um, and the rainforest is different to when we went to Dandenongs. It just feels different. Everything is crazy. The animals look different, act different. And yeah, it's like different um, seasons of Pokemon. <laughs> but that's good though that you had Australian friends. Like, do you find it easy to make friends there? Like Australian or? I, I mean, you know me. I think my, I'm quite chatty. My personality is quite like, I just, I like talking to people. Um, my Australian friends, I made quite easily when I was working. So a lot of my backpacker friends don't have that many Australian friends. It depends on the kind of job you do. And I was lucky enough to be working with predominantly Australians. Yeah. And so um, Becky and I, so before Becky, so Katie and I were really close. So Katie worked with me in the Paran store at Brava. And we became quite close because like I said, Australians are generous and I don't know what it was because I'm in another country or they're just that nice that they went out of their way for me and they would like invite me to stuff. They just always try to make sure that I was taken care of. I don't know, I, like Katie would just be like, oh, I'm having a party, do you wanna come? And all these things, which 
it's just so open and so welcoming, especially for a workplace, because my experience of the workplaces haven't always been like that. And um, it was so different. And then Becky and I worked together. But when I went on my, went to do my farming to be able to live there for another year, Becky went on a trip to Europe and we were messaging on Facebook. We hadn't hung out before, we are messaging. And when my farm work was ending, I was like, ah, oh, shit, I need somewhere to live. Because I left my farm work um, one week earlier than I wanted to. I was injured. Um, I would have made more money back in Melbourne in one week than I was making. So I was like, right, I need to go back. And Becky just went, bear in mind, we've never hung out as properly. We've probably been out together once for about half an hour. She was like, come and stay. Just come and stay at mine for a few weeks or a week or two. Um, and then you can save some money on rent and stuff like that. And that, you know, like I said, some, I, I hands down believe the Australians I know are the most generous people I've ever met. Like going around to different countries, they're just so giving, mm. so. No, I agree. I think, well, like you said, we have our mutual friend, Hannah. Yeah, Hannah's, Hannah was brilliant. Yeah. She's brilliant. Hannah, you're great. I actually <laughs> met Hannah on on Bumble, yeah. on the friend <laughs> app. Like, well, the friend part of Bumble. So, I mean, most people know Bumble as like the dating app, but on Bumble, you can actually do um, Bumble dating, Bumble friend, and then Bumble business as well. So you can do business on there. Um, but yeah, me and Hannah, Hannah, Hannah was great. Like, we... I guess we call, we matched. Um, <laughs> we matched. Tindering, basically. <laughs> yeah, we matched, and um, she was like just really, really chill, and just like, yeah, you want to meet up? I think we met up like a week later, and yeah, I think she was really cool because she'd travelled to Europe and stuff as mm. well, and she was like, yeah, let me show you around. What and tours has she got? Conti- it was like Contiki. Contiki tours. tours she goes on, yeah. she, she goes on um, or went on. She actually lives in. Oh, where London does she now? live now? She, she lives, lives in London, London now, um, which she always spoke about when she was in Australia. Uh, but yeah, like, so that's another way to make friends as well. I think I actually heard about Bumble from my American friend, Nora, when mm. I was in Sydney. She was telling me about it. And then I just went on it. And so I don't know what Bumble was. I was like, what is that? No, I think more Americans were using it. Um, and then now, now we used it. But we- yeah yeah i used it i have other apps up my sleeve thank you (laughs) that's another conversation (laughs) but yeah no so um, that's that's another way to make friends like you said at work because i think even when you think about it when you go like when you're at home and when you get older sometimes it's harder to make friends as well it's it's true (laughs) and it is true because like if you're in the same place, you've got your friends from when you're when you're at school, and look, they're great friends. I'm talking to you. <laughs> we we were friends. Oh, from thank you. Nursery, <laughs> nursery, primary school, high school, and then we're just mates now. Stuck. We're together. just just mates now. Do just, you guys hear that? We're just mates now. <laughs> and let's say you've always stayed in one place, and there's nothing wrong with being in one place if that's how you you know that's how you want to live your life. Um. But then you will just have your friends from work. So your friends that you grew up with and then your friends from work. And then where do you meet people? How do you how do, how do you learn about the world if you stay in one place? Oh my God. I just, oh, but if you want to stay in one place, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no but, judgment. But yeah, it's like when you are making friends with, obviously hostel is a great way to do it because you're all kind of like alone well, and you're alone together. You, on, you know, on the back of your question earlier, 
my hostel friends are the majority of my friends I made in mm. Australia and um, a lot of them are from the UK uh, a lot of them are back in the UK or they're from Ireland um, Germany France they're just from Europe um, a few from America but yeah they're all basically I don't know you it's easier to make friends when you live in a hostel for me it was easier to make friends living in a hostel because also you're in another country and weirdly enough it's a little part it's a little slice of home because mm. you have the same banter you have they understand you when you come up with a certain word they don't look at you and be like can you explain the weird language you're using you know <laughs> so they they get it and um it it was quite nice i there was some points it's weird i have so many groups of friends too because i was in and out of that hostel i was in and out of that hostel so much um with different people and the last group of friends i had were quite a big group but um even the first few i'm still close with so no it was it was great i've actually visited i've most a lot of my friends who've lived in Ireland as well. I've gone to see all of them. That's why we love making friends yeah. when traveling. My favorite way to travel it's, is with a local. It's so good. When you make a friend from somewhere and then you go and visit them in their hometown, that is the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. You see it, you see it differently. You, yeah. I don't know, I just, and it's nice to catch up with your mates. Cause you know, you see mates every day and you always have something to talk about. Well, you and I can always talk about something, but, um, when you see your mates that you haven't seen in about a year, it's just, I don't know, it's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. I do get excited seeing you all the time, but anyway, <laughs> just in case. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? I completely forgot my train of thought there. I wanted to talk more about farm work, though, because okay. you've been talking a bit about that. Yeah. So, well, farmer, I want to know what that was like for you. <laughs> Rose tinted glasses. Um, well, firstly, you've got to do your farm work if you want to live in a, on a working holiday visa. If you want to live in Australia for a second year, you have to do regional work. So that's either 88 days or three months signed off work. So three months in a row, full time, or 88 days signed off. And that could take you, I don't know how long. Um, I can't remember how mine was calculated, sorry. But I, I moved away from the mic. Um, but I, I got quite lucky and my experience is not the, my experience is the exception, not the rule, unfortunately. Um, but a lot of my mates did their farm work, they went through it, um, you know, most of my mates from my second year, a lot of them have done their farm work and it really changes you. Um, I did broccoli farming and it depended on the day. So I, when I say I got lucky, I mean a good way to look for farm work is like Gumtree or in if you're living in hostels, they put ads up on pin boards and stuff like that. But I got lucky because like I said, Bravo was a great place for me to work at. So um, Didi, one of the, um, one of the ladies that worked with me and she's like so lovely really motherly love her and she knew a farmer really closely and he hadn't had backpackers either in years or ever I can't remember but he hadn't had backpackers but he was in the regional postcode so you have to be under so it's not just regional work you have to be under certain postcodes to for it to be classified. You can actually even live near Melbourne and still be part of a postcode. 
it just depends what you're gonna do. I had friends that lived up in Torquay, which wasn't that far from Melbourne, and they did some tradey work in Geelong, and they got their time signed off because they were within the postcode. Um, my other friend Helen lived in Melbourne, did some tractor work, and she got signed. Like, hers got signed off because it was the postcode. Anyway, I went for the harder tra- traditional route of just being on the farm. Um, Dee Dee spoke to the farmer. He's like, Do you know what? Yeah, if she can, if I can, like, think of another few people to take with me. So I put random ads out on Facebook and just found people to go with. Um, and we all turned up there on different days. It was an experience and it was everything. So there were some of the, like, there were some lows. I have never put my body through that much ever. I get emotional thinking about it. Like I put my body through so much that to this day I will still feel that. At the same time, I would never take it back. Like the reason I put my body through what I did was because I got to experience living in Melbourne. And I was like, right, I want to live here. I am not leaving. I'm not ready to leave. Mm. But I'm sure I had many phone calls. I was calling people like, oh my God, this is so much. This is too much. And it's not, it's not just the work. So the work is aggressive. But, like, but as I said, when I said we got lucky, we got treated really well. It's like we got treated like human beings. Um, we got treated with respect. And, you know, I, the farmer, his wife lived down the road. So Pete and Tracy. And then his sons and daughters. Also his sons like Jake and Ryan lived nearby as well. And then like they have a daughter as well but she was in Melbourne and they the the his sons were a bit younger so and they had friends so you know if they were doing stuff they'd like invite us around for um like a fire so we have fire pits like stars in regional Australia are out of this world I can imagine you I can't I just the stars and the sunsets I they are just the best I've ever seen in my life but anyway, um, the so yeah, they would invite us fans, and then I'm quite a host, so we'd go to town, and all these people, we'd meet a few people um, that also helped out on the farm, and I'd be like, just come over, just come over, I'll cook, I'll host. Um, it was, it was fun. I loved hosting. Everyone else that lived with me was an introvert, but I think they needed me. I think they needed me. Yeah. <laughs> to invite half the town over <laughs> um and host but it was it was great as well as grueling so you know look let me get through the grueling part is broccoli broccoli farming um it wasn't just broccoli it was beetroot i did beetroot some onion planting um i you know drove a digger no i did not drive a digger what am i on about but i've driven tractors like a different tractor and stuff um you know i helped do uh the implantation, that's not the right word, of an irrigation system, things like that. Like, you know, the things I'm, I'm proud of. I'm like, oh, I did all these things. It's really, really cool. But I mean, the actual basis of it is, you know, you get up really early, about, you start work about seven, depending on light. It depends on the day as well. So it's the weather, like all these things come into whether you're working or not. And you want to work because you want to get your days done. You want to get paid. We got paid very generously. Um, and in comparison to some people I know. And, you know, we got paid really well. But you get there at 7 a.m. and you're wearing your wets. So you got your wets, which is your waterproofs, basically. Mm-hmm. But in the morning, at that time, it's winter and it's cold. So I've got three layers of different stuff on. You've got gumboots, 
which are your wellies. So you got your, you got you got ah, sorry, you got your gum boots on, and then it's wet in the morning though. You know, cause it's cold. It's winter. Mm. So it's wet. So then we had a little trick where we put um, it's not my trick, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, you put plastic bags around your feet and then put it in your gum boots. Mm-hmm. Then put it in your wellies, cause then your socks won't get as wet. Okay. So smart, smart, smart. ever get yeah, really smart. Totally taking credit for that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Kieran came up with that. One of the guys that was um, on the farm, and you'd go. But hey, by nine a.m. the sun's coming out. It might be winter, but the sun is there and it is on you. And this is Australia. And even though Victoria can like Victoria has seasons. Because some parts of Australia just have wet season, dry season, I think. Kind of, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't go. <laughs> but but Victoria does have all the seasons. And it was winter, but oh my God, by 9am you're stripping off. Stripping off, trying to chuck it in the, in the, in the tractor. Um, so what you're doing is you're just cutting broccoli. There's, a, there's an art to it. So, you know, it's not just cutting broccoli. There is actually an art to it. And it's a consistent movement um, for hours. And it, like I said, it depends. Some days could be six hours, seven, eight, nine. If you want to work, I don't know. What's the longest I worked? 18 days straight? It's up to you. It depends because then some of those days will just be like two, three hours of doing something. Mm. But you get signed off on your days. Okay, so even if you do two or three hours and that counts on your days as well? Potentially. Don't quote me on that. I okay. do you think well, there's a minimum in, you have to do. So situation. it would probably be a bit longer than that. Um, but we were doing... Um, we were all there for quite a few months. We we signed up saying that if we stay there for the season, which is longer than three months, longer than 88 days, if we stay there for the season, we get all our rent back. So it was like this motivation to get our rent back, mm. <laughs> um, which was which was a very good incentive because that means, you know, they're going to treat their workers right because they want you to stay. They want, you know, they want you to care and they're going to they're gonna give you something back, which shows a lot that's an investment in you as well and being like you know we're, we're in this together because it's hard work it's yeah. i've done planting as well um but yeah i just it was crazy and we'd you know the toilets <laughs> you go there's one portal and if it's not near you mate it's not near you if you get the shits i don't know what you would do but um i was very lucky and i didn't get the shits while working so um i did however have to take a piss on a few occasions but you can't be anywhere near the crops like at all you know sanitation so you have to go still have to go far <laughs> to just even go for a wee you might as well go to the portaloo but um it was interesting and the benefit of this is i've never looked at my plate of food the same ever again like farm fresh broccoli is the best Farm fresh broccoli is so delicious. I've not had it in so long. <laughs> but it's different, it's different. And you learn so much about agriculture and you learn so, so, so much. We we did, we like I said, we got lucky. I'm going to say that so many times. We did um, four-wheel driving in the rain, Naya rainforest after a storm. We went mud surfing around the farm after a storm. Like the farmer's sons just turned up. They're like, right, we're going to take you mud surfing. And then mate, um, Elliot. So Elliot turned up and Tim. So like, they, you know, we, we, we got treated so well. We got taken to do loads of things. It was brilliant. Um, they also had like a picnic area near the 
what's the river called? Margaret River? I'm not too sure, I can't remember, I think it was the Margaret River. And you know, they, there was just so much happening. That's why I'm saying mine is the exception. So we got paid well, we got treated well. Um, you know, we got invited around a few times. They have a secret for anyone that ever works there. They have the secret like shed thingy and inside they've got a mini gym, a cinema and a pool table. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> we were very lucky and we got to go in there. <laughs> but um, there was lots happening. But there's the other side to farm work where it is grueling, it's hard. And most of my breakdowns, it was the pain, but it was also living with six, like six people in two bedroom place that they're not real walls, not really like, you know, it's, it's not <laughs> um, a house, one bathroom, one small kitchen, like that is a lot. And I, I'm not going to go into it, but if ever, if we said the worst things we could ever say to someone, in that house and I'm gonna speak for everyone. Like the worst thing you can ever say, the worst you can ever treat someone, I think we all did it there. Because it's, you're on top of each other. You're six mm. people, you're sharing it with like three beds. You know, you're just sharing beds. Oh my God, Kieran, I love you, but I hated him half the time. We're still really close, so I think I can say that. And if I tell him I spoke about him, maybe he'll listen to this. <laughs> but no, Kieran and I shared a bed and I was one of the oldest, he was one of the youngest. And that's a lot of difference in experience, but also just a lot of, like, in life experience. And it's just someone you don't know. It's a stranger. And they're doing your head in. Yeah, and you're sharing a bed. You're sharing a bed. Your space. And you're you're sharing everything, and you're working with them all day long. There is no break from everyone. But we still talk. We still all get along. It's fine. <laughs> We're not, we don't hate each other. But, um, but I, I genuinely think, you know, those are the worst things you could ever say to someone, but then they they were also some of the most beautiful, deep talking moments I've ever had with people. Mm. Just just because of your going through this experience together, you you still have this connection. And I thought I thought that was brilliant. But on the other side of farm work, there are so many like that you can get scammed. Yeah, um, I know people that got scammed in their farm work. You can like what do you mean scam like so people. you're desperate to get farm work you know you if you don't get your farm work and you don't have enough time to complete your farm work you cannot stay in Australia you will never be out you mm. you won't be allowed to live there that easily ever again like it's hard work for now um, unless they have some kind of free trade movement um, which would be brilliant but <laughs> they if you're desperate for farm work you don't do your research firstly make sure your your postcodes in the like the range to be like it's qualified is there a place where you can find just on the um their government website okay i think it's gov.com.au but don't quote me on that <laughs> um i used to go right. a lot <laughs> people are smart with technology yeah yeah, yeah. google 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 everything um and there's there are a few positions being sold as paid. So this paper piece, I don't know how that works. I don't think that's going to get you enough. I personally think you have to earn enough money to be taxed as well. Um, and then if you go for paper bin, now a bin is on the back of a tractor. It doesn't look like a bin. It's just like a massive crate. And in that crate is where you put, like if I'm doing broccoli, we're nicely and gently putting the broccoli, <clears throat> sometimes throwing it, we're putting the broccoli into that bin. 
in front of us. But if you get paid per bin, it might take us four hours to fill a bin on a tough day. If there's not much, or even if there's, if there's a lot and it's a start of, um, if it's a start and you're like, oh, time to get the broccoli, there's gonna be loads. Yeah, you might fill a few bins. But if you're being paid, I don't know, 10 bucks a bin, what does that make you? What if you do two bins? You're making 60 bucks for the day. That's like, I'm just generically halving it. That's 30 pounds for potentially six to eight hours of work with 20, 15 minute breaks. That's that's tough work to not get much for what you're yeah. doing. And that, like I said, was not my experience at all. But it was a lot of people's, but just be smart about it. Don't be desperate, look beforehand. Start mm. looking before you think you need to start looking. And just kind of double check everything. Make sure they're legit. I had friends who went somewhere, started their farm work, found out it wasn't a legit operation. I think they did a few months. Didn't yeah. count. They just had to spend the rest of their first year doing farm work. And then they went to Mildura, which was not too far for me. It was a few hours. <laughs> it's not too far in te- like Australian terms. I was thinking it was about four or five hours for me. And I went to Mildura, maybe less. And they were... I mean, my mate was there for longer than he needed to be. He was enjoying it. Like, it, it depends. I know loads of people that enjoyed it. Like, um, Keshvi and Kerry enjoyed the dairy farm, I think. As much as you can enjoy putting your body through a lot. <laughs> hmm. I mean, what do you think about the farm work then? In terms of, like, you know, it's 88 days out of your year working holiday visa. Like, do you think I, that's, do you think it's fair? Like, I, I, I know I have this conversation with people and I am someone that sticks by, I think it's so important to do your farm work because you learn so much from it. But obviously I know it because I've done it and it is life changing and it is incredible. If you got treated better and you got treated like I did, then maybe everyone would be on the same opinion as me. But I don't think they should scrap it. I think that it is such a great experience. I It does take up your time, but you're in Australia. And if you're in cities like Melbourne and Sydney, I know you're in Australia and you're at the beaches and it's beautiful. You haven't seen Australia until mm. you've left the big cities. And that was eye-opening. That was like, whoa, this is, this is Australia. Um, this is what you read about in the books and you see in the films. Not that there are many. Um, I'm writing one, <laughs> but it is, you know, there's that argument people are like, oh, I haven't done my farm work, but I'm gonna blag it. And if it gets goes through and if it doesn't go through, you know, I'm not close to anyone that's ever done that. What do you mean blag it? Like they do it, they don't do their farm work. They don't do their farm work, but you can still apply, but check, the people get checked. Yeah. But So they're trying to take the risk. A few percentage, yeah, they're taking the risk. But in my opinion, I believe they're taking a risk because it's not important enough for them to live there. Yeah, not like you, like you, yeah. you wanted to do this. I you, put my body through so much. You had no much. other choice. You wanted yeah. to stay. That was it. You were like, yeah. I'm not leaving. No, for I shit. don't want people to put their body, like, I don't want people to do that to themselves because, you know, even if maybe it lessened and you had more people, but you got paid a bit less, like, if there's a way to go around it, I think, but I still think it to make it mandatory to keep it mandatory I don't disagree with it because I think it's a life changing experience that you're never going to get again hmm. in that in that way but there could be some leniency there because and there could also be 
<clears throat> Australian government, they could be an absolute kind of acknowledgement of what you put people through. Yeah. And also how much your travellers, I mean, they probably are understanding this now, but how much the travelling community in Australia gives back to Australia. Um, I mean, there are a lot of dickheads out there too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I know yeah. a few backpackers who probably aren't great. But, you know, the amount of work we do, like, you're, you're a hard worker. If you're backpacking in Australia and you want to live in Australia, whether it's farm work or just your everyday work, when you're doing your work, you're doing it. It doesn't feel hard because it's just such an easy way of life. Hmm. It doesn't, you don't realise this, but when I think about it, everyone, when they went to work, they went to work, they're at work. Even if you're going to stand there in, like, a burger joint waiting for customers to come in, you're still there, you're still doing your work, you're still showing up on time, whether you're hungover and you only had two hours sleep. I never did that. Some people I know did. <laughs> but it's it's all part and parcel of the experience. I think the farm work, if you want it enough, then you'll do it. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's fair? So, you know, like how Hannah's over here at the moment. She's yeah. Australia. She's Australian yeah. living in the UK. But she can live here for two years. And I mean, she doesn't have to she do anything. She doesn't have to do farm work. Like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think... I don't know, like, Australians should do some form of community service, I... or is that too much? <laughs> we should be like, um, you've got to do community service when you come here? Um, no, I I mean, obviously, if I could go to Oz and having not experienced farm work, not do it, I would probably never have done it. Mm. I would have been like, yes, let's just be here for two years. I would have never had the appreciation for the country that I do, though. But I would have opted to not do it probably I know that I know for a fact I would have been like this is me I'd just be like nah I'm not doing it I just about enjoy camping I don't ca- like camping you know this yeah. um, <laughs> I'll camp I do it I, do, do, I used to do it all the time I bloody hated it um, glamping though that's one to try no I Hannah like anyone that's here I think I I don't I don't hate on it I don't think it's completely unfair i think that australia is the country it is because of the restrictions it has Hmm. and i will stand by that now i don't and i'm not talking about refugees and asylum seekers i think that's completely different topic and you know i i think they should always be welcome that's my opinion um like, if you're going through something horrific, then I think everyone should have open arms. It's a human race. Yep. But when it comes to Australia as a country, I mean, it's good because they have some strict restrictions. Like, I want to move there again. You know, it's back on my bucket list. And I have a lot to work towards. Like, I know exactly... But I know the kind of job I want when I'm there. I know where I want to live. And it's, that's still going to be hard because I want to live in Melbourne. But Melbourne's not an area that needs skilled workers. Mm. as much as other like regional parts but they recently made queensland or part of queensland like a regional area so i mean that's that's a great place to go if people wanted to but i i'm stuck i'm like right melbourne that's it there's nothing else it has to be melbourne no it's not going to be anything else no but yeah on on that note i i don't hate on the people that are here i'm like if you can do it do it yeah i mean we don't have a big agriculture thing in my bob system industry um it's not as huge as australia i know why i can't i'm not going to explain it because i can't 
explain it as well as um, the farmer I worked for, Pete, did. He kind of said, oh, this is what, this, this is what the agriculture is like in the UK. And I'm like, that's so interesting. All the empty land, guys. All the empty lands. We have a lot of empty land. Um, yeah, there's nothing they could do when they got here. I don't know. Pick up litter? Oh, oh, they could clean the Thames River. Or they could volunteer and take away all the plastic <laughs> that is there because of everyone. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, it's there because of travellers and tourists. It's literally there because of everyone. Yeah. Other than yeah. me. I'm pretty good. <laughs> now. I'm sure I've had years of like being a naive teenager where I didn't think too much about stuff. But yeah, or we can make them do these things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Like, <laughs> I was just curious about whether you think it's fair or not. Um, but like, I mean, that's how it is at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, well, going off of that, let's talk about food, man. Oh, let's Can talk we about, about food. Yeah, like, I think in Melbourne, it literally the quality of the food there so good. It is. It is like. Yeah. We ate some really good food, really good Mate. food. And we, we like to eat food. Yeah, when we, we we like to eat. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a foodie, but I like to eat food. <laughs> I feel like I've had a big influence on you. I feel like traveling has had a big influence on me. And thank you very much. Has, and traveling, yeah, and me. <laughs> I mean, well, I didn't really like used to eat different foods. Do you remember when we, you remember we really used to fussy. go on those reviews though? We had uh, yeah. what was it snails? I was yeah. like, if you do it, I do it. <laughs> we did, we did. Back in the day. Um, no, travelling traveling really opened you up. I used to be really um, stubborn with my food. I mean, I needed my cut of chips to be perfect. And they had to be skinny fries. But I don't do that anymore. I need them to be thick. <laughs> triple beer battered chips. I don't know. Triple fried. I don't know. I just... I just Australia... I think I've never experienced the, the the quality and the freshness because of the agriculture, hmm. um, the quality of their food, and that's the veggies, that's the meat, that's their seafood. Oh my god, it is out of this world! It doesn't matter what restaurant you went to, doesn't matter how little you paid, you know the food on your plate is going to be damn good. Yeah. I never went to the fast food chains. Um, the thing about food in Melbourne, I can only specifically talk about Melbourne because that's where I experienced it the most. Yeah. But in in Melbourne, chains aren't that huge. And that's for, like, as in you've got McDonald's, you'll have... What do you call it? Maccas. Maccas. I can't believe we just called it McDonald's. Anyway. I know, so I've been saying Maccas this whole time, but, you know, I've got to talk for the audience. <laughs> but, yeah, Maccas... Um, and they'll have a subway. Oh my god, they don't do sweet corn at their subway because apparently sweet corn doesn't go in sandwiches or salads. Okay, guys. Um, <laughs> so upset. <laughs> oh, and then they have Nando's. They have Nando's. But, you didn't but like the also, Nando's Australia, you don't know how to do Nando's. You never experienced it. Because no, I didn't because let you told you. me not to. You were like, don't you dare go to that Nando's. It's not even good. It's, I oh, just, I was hating. But do you know what? N- People hardly go to the chains because they have such a great um, in like an independent scene or whether it's just a few like like a few restaurants. There was one place we went to, Papa Rich. Oh my god, I love that. That was a Malaysian restaurant and they did the rotis. Oh, yeah. yeah, and my friend Angela showed it to me. Did they do dosa? Was it dosa? I think so. They do that. Oh, I don't know. No, that was that was in India. I thought they were doing there. It wasn't the roti, wasn't it? It was. 
It's Parata. Parata, that's Parata, yeah. They were doing like a, their version of a Parata, but they called it something else. But I can't remember what they called it. It was so good. That that's that's so a good. chain. I mean, that's a Melbourne chain, but that's still only like a number of restaurants and they have it in Sydney. They have it in Melbourne. Like, But when I say chain, I mean the big corporations, whereas the smaller ones, oh, they were just good. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, when you travel, why are you going to go to chain restaurants anyway? Yeah. Like, you want to try the local food and the local dishes. And this is your first day, and you're mean. You go to Subway and Nando's, comfort and food. hate it. Well, it's. Do you know what? It's you don't know where to go. Yeah. You're like, what do I do? Do I? It was weird that first time. I was like, I are you a restaurant? I don't know. I don't know. Um, can I sit here on my own? You learn to eat on your own. Oh, you yeah. eat on your own. That's the whole. I that's think the whole thing. I think that's where I learned to eat on my own. There used to be that um, far place, pho. Pho. Yeah. Oh, the the Vietnamese one. Yeah, yeah. Uncle's. One, maybe I don't know. No, yours was the monkey one. The one with the monkeys on it. Yeah. I love the Vietnamese place opposite, and it was called Uncle's on Carlisle Street. In yeah, it was on Carlisle Street. Yeah, and I used yours to go was there, opposite me. And they just had the little benches in yeah. there. Yeah. Just go in, and just I just go there by myself and just get the get the phone it was in Fire. balaclava in melbourne yeah you yeah i remember and you're like you need to try this it's so good <laughs> so good they have okay so melbourne food they best any kind of like the best vietnamese chinese japanese food i have ever eaten bear in mind i've never been to those countries yet right yet <laughs> um and i am excited but in melbourne you've got in Melbourne specifically, you've got quite a, um, a big population. And so you've got all the skills, you've got everything. You've got, I don't know, you've got the genius ingredients. You've just got it all. And the pho, I'm going to say it the English way, the pho, pho, <laughs> the pho is just out of this world. The parmas, I love, I didn't know what parma was. It's, um, oh, chicken schnitzels. I thought it was a, I thought when someone told me schnitzel, I thought of a sausage for some reason. That's what I thought. But it's not. It's just a, it's like breaded a battered, ma- bash battered breaded chicken. But it, I don't, you can't get it here. Like a chicken steak. No? Yeah, but you can't. Because when I got a chicken steak here, it wasn't the same thing. But Parma's there. So Parma's like a massive slab of chicken breast with cheese, bacon, tomato, no, Bacon, cheese, tomato sauce, cheese, like some chips on the side, a bit of salad. Used to be two, like a half price deal or something at La Roche on Ackland Street. And I'd go, I'd buy one, I'd eat a quarter and I'd leave the rest for lunch the next few days because it was so much. You get the portion, the portions there are incredible. Mm. And uh, Mel- Mel- you know, Melbourne is big on their food. They actually have, Australians are very giving. They have a concept called lentil is anything. I don't know how they're doing at the moment because of the current um, situation and lockdown and stuff. But lentil is anything you can go. I think it was started for artists and, you know, people that couldn't really afford to eat. If you're homeless, um, you can go there and you can choose to pay. Now, they recommend that you pay five pounds minimum and they tell you what that co- covers. Five Ten, pounds or dollars? Five pa- uh, dollars five dollars which is like two pound fifty and that that's their recommended amount um if you pay you can pay 10 bucks and they'll tell you what that covers they recommend 15 to 20 like you know they do have that there and you're getting plates full of food but you don't have to pay anything if you can't Mm. 
and it's there and I you know it's such a beautiful idea and it's run by volunteers um and it's around a few places in Melbourne I don't know if it's in any other of the cities but that concept just kind of I know I don't know whether it's just it's like for artists or for the homeless or both I don't you know but it works yeah but what a beautiful way to give back to the community as well though and it is it's so incredible and you know my heart goes out to the people that relied on that because during lockdown you don't know what's happening like you know and they are in um heavy lockdown at the moment so but it was such a great concept and even that i mean i i would pay because i have like i can so i'd go there i only went there a few times myself um but there's so much to choose from i went to so many places there's so many places in the cbd uh, there's, oh my god great mexican food there's a place called mesa verde i tried all my seafood in australia thanks to becky literally becky i i will eat oysters now i don't necessarily like the fresh fresh ones but i can tell the difference i think um where they're from i really can't that's a lie but i i like the marinated ones i can eat mussels i can eat they call them pippies um but they are the mini clam clams they're clams Hmm. they call them pippies i've my mate luke had to tell me i was like what is it what is this thing i don't know what you call it i now know how to what to say I know. I now know how to pronounce it in Italian, vongole. I know how to say it in Italian, but yeah, they're just out of this world. I could talk about the food. I'm forever Re- Republica. Republica. Oh. I was going to say Republica. You read my mind. Chill sure, what the chips? <laughs> Dude, who, the chips. Who loves, who loves the best the chicken, the chips? The, the chicken, chicken and the chips. Which were just their sides. Yeah, it's just their site. I just wanted to know what their recipe was for that chicken. That chicken was oh, mouth-watering. Like, like, spritz the lemon on. Yeah. Oh, my God, and that aioli. Aioli's garlicky yeah. mayonnaise, by the way, for all the UK people. But if you buy it in the supermarket, it's not the same thing. <laughs> so good. Oh. And then what's that? Um, It's on the beach as well. You just... That green Thai curry that we had as well. Was Oh, that was in... um. Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. That was in Mornington. Um, We went for a day trip. I'm not, I'm trying not to say road trip when Danielle's in the conversation because she calls me out. Rightly so, but (laughs) we're on our day trip and it was a Thai restaurant. I think it was Rose's something, not the big chain, by the way, in the UK, but it was something along that lines. And um, that, Thai green curry was out as well as Yumi and Kelly. My friend Kelly was visiting me from the UK, um, and it was I just, it was incredible. It was just tasty. I don't know. We can just sit here and talk. Like it's just tasty. I, everything was so good. I mean, all the restaurants and veggie food there as well was brilliant. Like yeah. they've got so many options for vegans, vegetarians. They have a place called um, like it's a bit like a KFC. It's called Lord of the Fries. I might be mixing it up with the book <laughs> um lord of the fires <laughs> but it's got veggie stuff yeah or vegan and oh yeah vegan things because my vegan friends eat there um and even that was good i tried it like this is brilliant i don't know food i just there was even a like mexican like restaurant fonda on chapel street mesa verde in the cbd they've got fancy restaurants too there was one can't remember its name it's in the cbd and i had ceviche for the first time there and that was good 
I don't actually eat fish on the regular. If it's there and it's new, I eat yeah, more things. Yeah, that was surprising. Way. So was it the first time that you had seafood when yeah. you were in Australia? I, I think sh- properly. I've tried calamari before and it was nasty. Yeah. And I had it in Australia and it was out of this. Actually, no, the calamari in Italy was out of this world. But I have like Australia was the. Oh, I'm trying new things now. Yeah, I think also when like my whole thing is if you're going to try something for the first time, it has to be done right. Mm. Like, you know, when we had the snails, it was in a French yeah. restaurant. Like, but like number a really good po- French... Number one poultry, yeah. London. Yeah, a really good French um, croque d'argent. Yeah. Um, a really good French restaurant. <laughs> um, like, top quality. So, and then, like, in Melbourne, obviously, you're right next to the sea, so the seafood's going to be great. So you have to try it mm-hmm. done right first so that you know when it's right. You, it's just it's it out of this world but then it ruins it for any time i try it anywhere else i'm like this is not the same i tried in i had mussels when i was in spain and that was lovely mm. i was like actually but i make sure now i'm not just going to go down to the pub and get a bowl of calamari it's not it's not going to happen calamari and onions battered no not once not once you've lived the high life once you've lived the high life i think it's very hard to go back <laughs> and that's food and it's very hard for me to eat at chain restaurants mm. now that is an exception for me because here it's bloody brilliant but it's so hard for me to eat at chain restaurants here because yeah. you've had that fresh quality and but it's yeah support your local <laughs> support your local all right well i think we're gonna go into fire rounds oh i am not prepared we we've talked a lot i could i could talk about australia forever you could talk about australia forever uh, but i mean we can people if you want to hear more about australia and arty's experience there or my horrific experience please it's on my blog please comment <laughs> please comment it's also on my blog it also is on your blog i've i've written about it yeah um so you can read it or if you want me to Send, send the link. Just ask, just it. ask. It's www.citylivingcrystalloffin.com. But um, yeah, we did a... If you want to know the company, you have to ask it privately. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to disclose that on on, on the mic. podcast. <laughs> um, right, I'm just yeah. putting off the fire round because yeah, I'm yeah. prepped. You are prepped, it's fine. Oh. Ready, go. Sydney, ah. Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne. Oh, was that oh. a trick question? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ooh, I mean... Oh, can I... Okay, no, go on, go on. I'll tell you after. I mean, we didn't really touch much on beaches, but you did before already. But favourite beach, without uh, thinking, uh, in Australia. Uh, St Kilda, but it's not, but St Kilda. Okay. Bells mm. Beach. Interesting. Um, favourite state in Australia? Victoria. Of course. No, oh. No, do I have to have been there? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What's it if you... How will you know if it's your favourite state and you've never been? I love the of Western Australia. I would have been, been there on my list. That's why it's on your bucket list. <laughs> um, best food or like favorite dish that you had? Chips. Republica. <laughs> that was really hard. <laughs> um, favorite experience? Uh, oh my God. Oh my God. Do you know what? It's going to have to be the hot springs in the Mornington Peninsula. And I did loads of things. I mean, the farm works completely different. But I think the Mornington Peninsula, there's the hot springs and it's out of this world. And I saw my first ever shooting star. You did. I it was, was there. I remember. I just, yeah, it was out of this world. I actually went back there quite a few times and I'm a spoiled backpacker. I'm not really 
backpacker more my suitcases but yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay and then i guess i mean you shared a travel hack last time do you have any more travel hacks oh no oh travel hack travel hack do you know what whenever i don't know if this is a hack right when you're in a hostel and you can only book one week at a time when you're living in a hostel I am making this up as I go. Um, when you're booking one week at a time in a hostel, you can basically just be really good friends with the people at the desk, so you can keep your room because that's a lot of lot of hassle. Mm, so that you don't have to move rooms. Yeah, because like because like, I've had to move rooms quite often. And bearing in mind, I had three suitcases and a backpack. Um, my other my my I think oh, travel hack travel hack, I think make really good friends with people. So when you do have to move, you can just wake them up in the morning and be like, "Hey Luke, hey Will, here's my stuff. I'm going to work. When I come back, I'm gonna pick it back up and check into a different room." Yeah, because that that happens. I think often. That's a, I think that's a good point though. Like, why do they do that in hostels? Like, even if you've rebooked another it's day, your and fault. then they and then they book you into a different room, and it's like, why can't they you just stay in the same room? You, it's kind of your own fault. You have to, when you're booking, you've missed the period where you're able to book in, they've given out your bed. Cause they, on the system, it says you've checked out, you're checking out. Mm. And if it says on the system, you're checking out, then they're booking someone else to replace you. Mm. My bed's not even, my grave's not even Why can't they cold? put them in a different bed? Exactly. No, but that's what I'm saying. So I, I know you say yeah, that but it's say, four, but, but it's it's Mike. Let's say if it's two people and that's the only room with two people available, or if it's if you're in a girls' dorm and they're girls and all the other dorms are mixed, and there's always I've asked. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why am I in different rooms? I remember the first room I was ever in, which was two one four. I stayed in the same hostel. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that is my very last minute travel hack. Just find friends, put your stuff in their room. I'm trying to think of something a bit more. I don't know, transient, like everyone can do it. But no, hostel. I mean, it's a good one for backpackers yeah. and people staying in hostels. So yeah. just shove your stuff in your friend's room, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to RT's experience on Australia um, and like, a little bit of mine <laughs> and hearing about her book. Her book's coming out soon. Well, um, no way near. No, it's not. It's not coming Next year, out. 2021. It takes, um, it takes it takes a very long time from the moment of auction for your book. I think it take it could take a year or two. Yeah, for well, a book to come out. But um it's being written and it does have people that are going to be reading it soon. Yeah. So. I mean, stay posted with it. You can follow her on CLCL Travel on Instagram and she posts a lot of things on there and about her book and stuff so yeah all my writing if you just want to see what i do on a daily basis and what was your blog again um city living com. you can find her there um but yeah make sure you guys oh, Danielle, follow you oh yeah you can follow me as well if She's you like wicked pictures. <laughs> at d sabani that's d s u b a n n e y sabani um <laughs> For all my travel pictures and just my yeah. life um on but, instagram yeah but also support us subscribe yeah. subscribe share comment um leave us a rating it really goes very far 
Yeah, because we're on majority of the platforms now. Yeah, um, we're, we're basically on most of the platforms. So whichever's your favourite, just go subscribe. Talk yeah. about us. Share us. Tell your friends. If someone wants to move to Australia, be like, hey, hit up this, hit this up. Like, just do it. You can listen to it. They've got great tips here. Um, yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at Travel, Travel Chats Podcast. And also we're Travel Chats Podcast on Facebook and as well. Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, we're on Twitter. I'm still learning how to use just Twitter. But yeah. my way questions we want to know what you guys want to hear about and then hopefully we'll also they can guess. keep up to date on the random spontaneous uk trips that we do we did wales last week yep so Casual we're still trying to travel <laughs> within the uk because we love to travel so why not can't, can't stop but yeah thanks guys but yeah make sure you subscribe and we'll speak to you soon ciao ciao arrivederci